Good afternoon, and welcome to Citizen K, a weekly current affairs program featuring in-depth interviews and perspectives. I'm Kareem Mosna. This week on Citizen K. I think it's a false dichotomy setting it up as though we have to choose between housing or the environment, because without one, we can't have the other if we don't have a healthy environment. It doesn't matter that we have houses because we can't live there. The Ontario government's Bill 23, which aims to build over a million homes in the next decade, has drawn concern from environmental groups. Queen's University Environmental Sciences master's student and Kingston Youth Climate Action member Mary Ann Schoenhart will weigh in and share her perspective on Bill 23. That's coming up shortly. Now, last Tuesday, the National Homelessness Forum was here in Kingston at the Invista Centre. The forum is hosted by the Lawson Health Research Team, who traveled to 28 communities across Canada to basically get a, 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 the bigger picture of homelessness across the country. They spoke with organizations, community leaders, and those with lived experience. Now, last week on The Scoop, I shared my conversation with Assistant Scientific Director with Lawson, Dr. Cheryl Forchuk, who, of course, shared more of the picture at the federal level and at the national level with regards to homelessness and the housing crisis. But also present at this forum were a number of representatives from local agencies from right here in Kingston who help the homeless, including the Integrated Care Hub. My name is Justine McIsaac and I am the coordinator of Consumption Treatment Services, which is Kingston's uh, safe injection site. So we're here today at the uh, Homelessness Forum at the Invista Centre. What would you say a major takeaway for you has been? I think uh, the major takeaway for me is that we have an immense amount of work to do. Uh, not only in this community, uh, but across this country. Uh, we have people uh, languishing at rates that we've never seen before, and uh, directly linking housing to people's health issues is an imperative thing, so housing is a health issue that we need to address. And, well, you know, we, of course there is the encampment just outside of the ICH, and that was of course touched on today. Uh, and of course, Kingston City Council, you know, with the encampment protocol, uh, j just some thoughts on what you're seeing with that right as we speak. Well, what I'm seeing is um, people that are trying to build community, uh, build personal autonomy. Um, as we've been dealing with a housing crisis for um, decades now at this point, um, and people are trying to just survive um, based off of what they've been given. Um, and unfortunately, in this community and other communities like us across this country, uh, the housing just doesn't exist for them. Uh, so people are just trying to survive and we need to support them in that. Um, and I know for us and us, all of us at the Integrated Care Hub, we will continue to support those people. Um, they are our most vulnerable and they deserve to be cared for. Uh, you know, obviously many issues have been addressed here today, um, but is, is, do you see a light in the tunnel at all right now? Yeah, just the fact that we're having conversations, having conversations about challenging things like substance use disorder and how do you house people um, with serious mental health and things like that uh, shows that people have the need and the desire to make change um, and to support people that need it. Um, and I think that only makes us better as a community. Um, you know, of course, a lot of these issues that are not are not unique to Kingston, but to get more of a Kingston perspective, uh, how are we doing? Uh, not so great. <laughs> I think we should be proud of the fact that our encampment is still standing. We're one of the only communities um, that encamp 
the encampment is still being supported um, and still standing. Um, but we have an immense amount of homelessness, a lot of visible homelessness and people, uh, like I said, languishing at rates we've never seen before. Um, so we really need to step our game up and maybe we can be the leaders um, instead of the followers, right? Winter is basically upon us. Um, you know, what are some of the major concerns that are, are being talked about at the hub right now as we head into winter? Um, obviously, one of our greatest fears is somebody freezing to death. Um, you know, it's really hard with capacity and limits and things like that, which creates a lot of stress and moral injury for staff when they have to turn people away um, in very cold, cold conditions. Um, and keeping people safe is our priority. Um, but some people choose to stay outside in the winter, which leaves them vulnerable to a lot of different things. So. And also we're living through a drug poisoning crisis as well too and the fears of people being alone or deep in the woods that not only do they potentially could freeze to death but have the possibility of dying of a drug poisoning as well. So the, the fear is real and we think about it every single day. Anything else you'd like to comment on? Just. Uh... Yeah. I think I just want to say to the rest of the community that you know kindness goes a long way. Um, please don't judge people. Um, by what you see. Um, everybody has a story and I think if you heard a lot of the people that I know stories, um, you might understand their situation a bit more. So kindness goes a long way. That was my conversation with Justine McIsaac with the Integrated Care Hub. The National Homelessness Forum at the Invista Centre brought together local organizations to basically facilitate discussions to potentially find solutions to homelessness and the housing crisis. You're listening to Citizen K on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and on podcast. I'm Kareem Mosna. The Ontario government passed Bill 23 yesterday. Bill 23 is also known as the More Homes Built Faster Act. Environmental groups and conservation authorities have expressed concern about the bill, which aims to build 1.5 million homes over the next decade. Queen's University Environmental Sciences master's student and member of Kingston Youth Climate Action, Mary Ann Schoenhart, has some perspective to share on the environmental concerns with regards to Bill 23. Please note that this interview was conducted before Bill 23 was passed. There's a lot of concerns um, about it. Kind of the a big, big underlying concern is that Bill 23 helps to make land more accessible to developers and it's been quoted as removing red tape um, but in doing so they remove a lot of environmental safeguards that are really important for ensuring that we have a healthy ecosystem and they also remove a lot of opportunities for um, for public input into the development process so it makes land more accessible for developers, but this doesn't really address the housing affordability crisis that we have in, in Ontario. Um, Ontario's Housing Affordability Task Force has, has said that access to land isn't the issue. We have land within city limits. It just needs to be used more efficiently and we need more dense housing. So that the Bill 23 totally disregards this. And it um, it also, the houses that will be built most likely will be this 
kind of spread of suburbia, which isn't really affordable housing. It's middle, middle to upper middle class families who can afford those houses. And that doesn't help with help address affordable housing. So it really is benefiting developers and not the people in Ontario who need housing is fundamentally an issue with it. Um, but then there's also a lot of concerns about how it disregards all of those environmental safeguards that have been put in place. Well, exactly. That's what I'm hoping to get a little bit more into. If Bill 23 were to to pass through Queen's Park, uh, what would be some of the environmental uh, concerns? As from what I understood, it would restrict uh, conservation authorities, it would restrict a lot of environmental groups from having a voice. Uh, and But I also really want to get into some of the, the threats that this can pose to ecosystems. Yeah, so a really big part of it is that it reduces the authority that conservation authorities have in the development process and their ability to enter into partnerships with municipalities. Conservation authorities in Ontario are really experts on local environments, and they will often enter into a partnership with a municipality and almost act as an environmental planning department. Not That department probably isn't the right word, but for smaller municipalities who don't have that environmental planning expertise, conservation authorities can provide that and help to act as liaisons almost between neighboring municipalities within the, that conservation authority. So Bill 23, uh, 23 would remove, it would prevent conservation authorities from entering those agreements with municipalities. And it would prevent how they are able to assign or give permits for development. And so two things specifically related to that, they wouldn't be able to consider species at risk as part of whether deciding to grant a permit or not, as well as considering pollution, which really prevents the conservation authority from, from doing their job, which is taking care of the environment within their, their jurisdiction for both the animal and human and plant life that, that is there. Um, at the same time, a fair number of other policy suggestions were made. So one of these, is to change how wetlands are classified in Ontario and it would make it harder for a wetland to be classified as provincially significant. Um, this isn't part of Bill 23, but was suggested at the same time. And wetlands are really important for um, preventing flooding and mitigating the mitigating a lot of the effects of increased storms that we'll see with climate change, as well as just being really valuable ecosystems. So preventing them from being a lot of wetlands as being classified as provincially significant would increase the number that development could occur on. As a member of the Kingston Youth Climate uh, Council, uh, what is it that you would like to see um, from the province uh, when, when, when looking at uh, the issue of the housing crisis, but of course also looking at the climate crisis? Yeah, I think... From from the provincial government, I don't want I don't want to see Bill Twenty Three passed. I think it doesn't address the issue of affordable housing, and it doesn't it totally disregards the environment. I think it's 
a false dichotomy setting it up as though we have to choose between housing or the environment because without one we can't have the other if we don't have a healthy environment it doesn't matter that we have houses because we can't live there anyways so we need to consider development and housing in a way that takes care of the environment as well as providing providing houses to people um, on a more local level we want to see the city of kingston a number of municipalities across Ontario have signed on to a letter saying that they oppose Bill 23 because it, um, it really limits what municipalities are able to do. And the city of Kingston hasn't signed on to that. So um, locally, we'd like to see the city do that as well. Excellent. Uh, I think that's uh, pretty much all. Uh, certainly it covers. Um, I think other than that, yeah. So really, I mean, we've touched on what Bill 23 uh is about. We touched on the potential uh, impacts of it, and we've also touched on um, some some what you'd like to see from the province. Is there anything else uh, you would like to add? Um, yeah, I can just say if anyone um, KYCA Kingston Youth Climate Action had a had a letter writing event to our MPPs and um, ministers in Ontario. If anyone is interested in learning more about the bill and looking at the letter writing template that we put together. Um, we have that linked in our Instagram bio. What what do you believe that uh, the protest uh, at Kingston City Hall, what do you believe this is, is basically hoping to, to say through this demonstration? What's the message that, that that's being sent through this demonstration? A, a few different things. Some of it is a bit of an education piece on on Bill 23, but we do really want to see the city of Kingston sign on to this letter saying that they oppose, oppose Bill 23. Um, and then we're also hoping just to put the word out there if anyone is looking to get more involved in some, some local climate action or environmental work in Kingston. Perfect. Okay, Marianne, thank you very much for taking some time to share your perspective on this today. That was my conversation with Queen's University Environmental Sciences master's student and Kingston Youth Climate Action member, Marianne Schoenhart. Now, before we wrap up our coverage of Bill 23, here's my conversation with Cataraqui Conservation General Manager, Katrina Ferlinetto, to give the Conservation Authority's perspective on Bill 23. And once again, please note that this interview was also conducted prior to Bill 23's passing yesterday. Bill 23, uh, my understanding is, is it coming from, from the province, it will limit the power of conservation authorities like Cataraqui Conservation, as well as municipalities like the city of Kingston, uh, in basically uh, when it comes to planning for, for urban space and all of that. So, but let me know some of the major concerns you have as general manager of Cataract Conservation. For sure. So the proposed changes outlined in Bill 23 have really looked at the responsibilities and roles that conservation authorities provide municipalities within review of development applications. And so part of our main concerns is that the bill proposes a transfer of that responsibility where it comes to commenting on the protection of people and property from natural hazards. So looking at things like flood, flooding and erosion and how that impacts the land use planning process, as well as transferring potential regulatory responsibilities that conservation authorities have 
with regards to where development and what type of development uh, requires permitting within a floodplain area. So the language as written indicates that there's a municipal downloading where a lot of that work that the Conservation Authority provides, looking at the holistic regional approach on a watershed scale, would be downloaded to municipalities. And so we're, we're really concerned that the natural hazards piece will be reduced and so that the overall risk of certain developments, especially if they're planned uh, within an area that's prone to flooding or prone to, prone to erosion, um, those risks will be increased for both people and property and, and who takes on that burden. Ultimately, it's the municipality if, if this becomes um, effective. But the, the other piece is really the natural heritage. So looking at all the ecological features that we have within our watershed, so a lot of the wetlands and forest cover and protected areas, there's concern that if conservation authorities aren't providing comment and looking at what happens upstream and how that impacts downstream and how all of the interconnected lands um, fit together, that there's going to be gaps and we're going to lose some of that precious environmental habitat. And I understand that this really, uh, the reason why Bill 23 is being passed uh, is to do with getting more homes built. Uh, however, this does pose threats to the ecosystem. Can you tell me a little bit more uh, about perhaps how this poses threats to, to, other, uh, to other forms of life? For sure. And, and I should say that, you know, we understand that there is a housing crisis, especially affordable housing, and we recognize that, that things do have to change. However, the main concern, as you pointed out, is the environmental piece and that in the proposed changes, there's a, there's a gap there. It's, it's not looking at environmental protection. It's looking at what land is available for development. And so a lot of our concern has to do with the protection of in, of keeping green infrastructure. So again, the, the wetlands, the forests, the riparian areas in place, you know, we can look at land availability for development, but we need to do so in a smart, sustainable way. And a lot of these green features are natural responses or natural protections to a lot of the hazards, such as flooding that we have out there. You know, they're cost effective, they're efficient ways to reduce flooding, protect water quality, support habitat of species at risk. And so if you remove that aspect of the commenting or if you delegate it to uh, areas where that expertise may not be present right now, then we're concerned that we're going to lose that watershed approach, the uh, interconnectivity between how, you know, the land and the water interact and, and basically uh, long-term sustainable land use planning. And of course, it, it, that affects us as well as, as those of us who live on this land, we're affected by by these very things. So it, it's, it's a bit of a vicious circle in terms of it, creating more affordable housing, more housing options, but at the same time, if that's affecting the environment, well, that's going to come back as well. For sure. And one thing I would add is, you know, there are options to move forward with affordable housing and there's there's creative solutions that you can do without necessarily compromising the environment. And so I think our, our biggest piece of advice right now is, you know, we want to be part of the conversation. We want to look towards those solutions with our municipalities, with the province, and try and come up with, again, a smart, sustainable approach to ensure that we have the natural heritage piece included within the planning discussion. So the deadline uh, of the 24th to, to comment 
public uh, for the public to comment on Bill 23 has come and gone. But what can still be done at this stage? Sure. So there are postings on the Environmental Registry of Ontario regarding this bill, specifically along some of the municipal responsibilities and and some of the changes to the definition of wetlands and overall evaluation criteria of wetlands that are not due until uh, later in December. I believe uh, December 9th is a deadline as well as December 30th. So there is an opportunity to comment directly to the province online on those particular pieces. There's always an opportunity to reach out to your MP or your MPP or even your local council to discuss some of these concerns so that they're aware and then they can bring those messages forward on your behalf. I see here that uh, the city of Kingston uh, is not on the uh, on the list of municipalities uh, in opposition to Bill Twenty Three. Uh, is there any any message, perhaps you you know you would uh, like, perhaps the the city and for council to be uh, considering? Sure. So maybe I'll clarify that piece. So Cataraqui Conservation was part of a group of 10 Eastern Conservation Authorities who pulled a joint letter together and and sought municipal endorsement on the messaging. Just because a municipality was unable to sign due to timing doesn't necessarily mean that that their position is is not supportive. I think the challenge with the timing of this bill was, was awkward because municipal councils were in the middle of a transition. And so they didn't have an opportunity to meet with their councils and to come up with positioning or to discuss the topic prior to needing to get that letter out. So I would say the concerns are are similar to what we've talked about. Uh, And the municipalities are aware that a lot of the changes have to do with um, the commenting role of a conservation authority and the permitting role of a conservation authority for development review type proposals. So that would be given to a municipality, potentially. And some municipalities don't have the capacity or the expertise in-house to do that type of work. Conservation authorities have been looking at natural hazards, for example, for decades. So if a municipality ultimately needs to look for other solutions, then there's a concern that the uh, ultimate impact will be on the taxpayer to pay for that change. I understand. Okay, is there anything else you'd like to, to speak about with regards to Bill 23? Uh, sure. So there were a couple pieces in the bill that I know have caused concern locally, specifically to, to lands. And so within the proposed uh, language, we as conservation authorities are pulling together an inventory of our lands and are looking at uh, the different zoning requirements that the province is interested in. But I just wanted to reflect that ecological protection of our lands is important and many of the lands that we own are for floodplain protection, habitat protection or ecological value. And so we will be emphasizing that to the province uh, to let them know that we need to keep these lands under ecological protection to ensure that connectivity and watershed approach uh, for environmental conservation moving forward. Okay, excellent. So December 9th is kind of the the, the last the, the official deadline. Uh, for comments at it at this point for some of for some of the aspects yes there is a deadline of december 30th as well and that's mostly pertaining to the wetland uh, discussion so the change in definition and evaluation criteria for what makes provincially significant wetlands okay well uh katrina thank you very much Uh, i appreciate you sharing some perspective on on this bill 23 certainly a lot to get to get our heads around but uh, thank you very much for providing your perspective on this today and that was my conversation with and that was my conversation with Cataract Conservation General Manager Katrina Ferlinetto. 
talking about her concerns with regards to Bill 23, which passed yesterday. Now, CFRC reached out to the Ministry of Municipal Affairs and Housing, Steve Clark, who proposed Bill 23, but did not receive comment. CFRC also reached out to Kingston Mayor Brian Patterson, but did not receive a response ahead of airtime. And that's all for Citizen K this week. Citizen K was produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at Queen's University. CFRC 101.9 FM broadcasts from Kingston, Ontario on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. Thank you for listening. I'm Kareem Mosna. <laughs>